right, mateys, and welcome okay, to... Okay, that's back-to-back pocket. pirate references. That's back-to-back pirate this is, references. I don't know what you're talking about. This is a weekly comedy history safari where my brother and I have a discussion that is very even keel and rarely involves angry screaming. I am mm. Spencer Faust, your primary tour guide, and with me is safari captain Nathan Faust. Nathan! I have a pith hammer on, and I'm wearing a lot of khaki. Now, just a quick update. Uh, first off, on the whole quitting my job thing, I have been... It's, it's been made apparent that we don't have sponsors, and... Well, if anything, now, I'm, a, I'm actually paying to keep this podcast running, so... No, it is, no uh, in your defense, I, I kind of help, uh, occasionally. True, no, we, we split it half and half, yeah, but, um... Yeah. My net worth is still negative six dollars. Yeah, yeah. Now, do, should we let the people know that we've solved, that I solved that crisis for you? Oh, yes. Yes, we absolutely yeah. should. Please, okay, explain. Okay, okay. It's, well, it's important because I felt bad that, you know, that Spencer had been going through such destitute financial times, giving up his livelihood to, uh, to podcast full-time. Uh, and so I went out on a hunt to try and secure us uh, financial stability, and I did that, uh, and I am now sitting here staring at that financial stability, which is our very own podcast mascot. His name is Cloud the Crab. <laughs> We have we have secured a rare vintage cloud. He is uh he's here. He is he has little approximately mustaches. what twenty two years old? Is that right? Pro- he is exact. Oh, how old are you? He's two months older. Twenty two. Much younger than that. <laughs> okay, okay. So he's still twenty one. He's still got yes. he's still got a little he bit. He's still hard drinking. He has his pl- bad plastic thing on his tag. So that he can uh, he can remain in mint condition. He has approximately, as far as we can tell, zero typos. So uh, I've been informed that this cloud is worth absolutely nothing. Uh, and yet I am convinced that as the cyclical nature of things are, there will be time in the future where I will sell him for millions of dollars. So don't worry about us, guys. We're good. No need to uh, write in with those Pontiac sponsorships. We have cloud. And at, at our very first live show in 20 years, uh, he will be sitting right there on the table. He'll be oh, our he's mascot. Always with me. He'll He's live like through a familiar. It. And if I can get my hands on one of those dolls of Emperor Norton that uh, tourist traps were selling in San Francisco way long ago, uh, that will be our second mascot. They'll just be on left and right side of the table. Flanking us. You know, uh, Ruth Mariana Handler was an American businesswoman and inventor. That's Best a known. very, that is a, oh, that, oh, the transitions are grinding. That's like learning how to drive a stick shift levels of, of grindy right there. Best known for her presidency at Mattel Incorporated and for creating the Barbie doll. Now, born in 1916, Ruth and former missile engineer Jack Ryan designed the Barbie doll during the late 50s. I, I, can, I, can I comment on something? I feel like we're kind of skipping the prestige here. I don't know what's going on. I feel like you just said, you said the thing, you said the girl, and there's no time for me to figure it out and scream about it. I'm, I, this, I'm, un, I'm uncomfortable with the way this, this is developing. Oh, don't worry. That's because the meat of the story lies further beyond. Further beyond, but, but the, if you the, do want to, if we do want to pick doll. something apart, further beyond the plastic doll, if you do want to pick something apart, uh, former missile engineer Jack Ryan designed the the original Barbie doll. Well, have you seen her? She's very aerodynamic. That's true. She could probably uh, propel herself into communist airspace. I could well. absolutely attach a, a nuclear warhead to her and then uh, and then fire her into uh, you know communist airspace. So just when someone tells you that the toy game is a uh, is a is a is a dumb man's game, mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. no sir, mm-mm. no, no sir. No. The doll debuted just before 1960 as children's television started picking up steam. Okay, now I'm concerned. Mattel actually rushed their marketing program when they learned that Disney was launching the Mickey Mouse Club, and the toy company jammed wads of hundos into getting Barbie ads between every single commercial break. 
a tradition that carries through to this day as someone that's had to watch some children's television recently. Dear Christ, are those ads annoying? God bless America. What's interesting about Barbie, though, is its origins. The doll was inspired by a vacation in Germany when Ruth saw a Build Lily doll. Build Lily was a busy plastic doll with miniature sexy outfits, stiletto heels for feet, and as everyone likes to describe it, quote, suggestive eyebrows. Okay, all right, all right, Germany, I get it. You're a, you're a little bit repressed in a weird way that results in some weird, <laughs> weird bodily fluid <laughs> porn on the internet, but what the fuck are suggestive eyebrows? You know, you know them fuck me eyes. You know I know fuck me eyes, but I'm, no one's ever said the phrase fuck me eyebrows. <laughs> That's not how that a, works. I mean, unless it's a pirate with a very weird kink. It I was don't... The, <laughs> Ah, yeah, I like what you did there. That's that's good. That was, it was good. That was a good pirate reference. It was the size of what we know Barbies to be today, about a half a foot to a foot tall. Now, the doll was inspired by a sultry comic strip in a German newspaper where Bill Lilly would get herself into all sorts of sexy hijinks. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so what you're saying is comic strips used to be more fun? Uh, yeah. Uh, and I need to phone a friend here because is this what Betty Boop was? I really don't know. I don't. I, je- what? You ask me like I thought. Yeah, because I was all up on the <laughs> Betty Boop craze. In the thir- I'm eight years older than you. I'm not your grandfather. What the fuck? No, I don't know. The doll was a, a rather expensive cash grab, obviously designed as a sexy gag gift. You know, <laughs> as yeah. things that people do. <laughs> you know, uh, that sexy gag. You, you know, nowadays you get somebody a, a blow-up sheep to fuck, and back then you gave them a plastic doll with fuck-me eyes. We've evolved <laughs> as a person's. Truckers would keep them on their dashboards. Couples would trade them as little gifts and stuff. Now, don't get me wrong. The doll didn't have, like, genitals or anything. The, the legs didn't, oh, like, good. spread open. Good. Um, so you're saying it was it just a, a proto-fleshlight. It was a, it was a doll with plastic titties and perky eyebrows. Now, Ruth took a few notes from that doll. Perhaps the first of which being just how expensive the doll was. 12 Deutschmarks. Now, all I know is that's, like, 8 U.S. dollars now. And if I try to throw a currency conversion on top of an inflation calculator... I'm just going to get very confused. Nathan, I just want, I think I was drunk when I wrote this part. I um, I feel like I feel like I'm drunk now just listening to that sentence, but uh, but yes, go ahead. Doll was expensive is my point. Moving doll on. Doll expensive. Okay, moving on. Now, are we talking like $23 stuffed dog def- uh, expensive yes. or stuff like t- Okay. I think we're right. ta- I think we're talking more. Oh, I okay. think we're talking more. relatively sp- okay. So, all right. Well, that makes sense. You know, it was, if that's the only thing you've got to play with, and you, you you pay a premium for the fuck me doll. <laughs> now, the first Barbie launched in March 9th, nineteen fifty nine, and it was your choice of blonde or brunette, and it wore a zebra striped swimsuit and a signature top knot ponytail. Now, they were manufactured in Japan, each hand outfitted by Japanese workers. Meanwhile, uh, Ty Warner was next door, like make the elephant darker blue. <laughs> I don't feel like these were contingent with each other, but fine, fine. Now, Barbie dolls were, were the subject of more than one round of controversy. What what toy hasn't seen a little, you know, flack from parents, right? You're a uh, parent. You've surely raised a, a hissy fit about some toy. I I, I am a parent, and I, I don't know. No, toys are, toys are fantastic. I'm, I'm pretty okay with them so far. Barbie's flack was on account of the fat sacks on her chest, uh, to put it oh, clinically. Them, them titties. Yeah, yeah. That, and in general, she was just designed to be unrealistically sexy, even by 1960s standards. Well, yeah! I mean, I feel like everyone understands that, like, Barbie no, is no. not a realistic portrayal of a human woman. 
Sure, sure, sure. Now, Ruth, in response, uh, said to these these allegations that while the dolls aren't the sex objects that they're inspired by, quote, if girls were going to role play with these dolls to pretend that they're like 16 or 17, then I thought it would just be stupid to make a doll with a flat chest. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, you know, because when you're role playing, you've got to role play what it, you're going to do with those titties that you get. I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't no, understand. No, no, no. It makes perfect sense. Up and down. Barbie doesn't have any aspirations or dreams in life other than to be a, a busty, fuckable babe. So now, 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 in her defense, I, I've seen Doctor Barbie, and also <laughs> she has that Malibu dream house, and I got to assume that she worked hard for that. <laughs> in 1961, Ruth's husband Elliot designed a male counterpart to Barbie. Now, Barbie was a spinoff of her daughter's name, Barbara. So the next line of dolls were named after her son Ken. Not really a spinoff. You can't really do no, much spinning with say, the word I was like, Ken. Spinning off their son Kenneth, maybe <laughs> Kenneth would make more sense. But no, just Ken. Okay, it's just Ken. The Ken character, uh, you know, I'm speaking of the Ken doll, has held more than forty occupations in his tenure as a doll. Which, oh Jesus! In my opinion, makes him sound unreliable and hard to tie down. I was down. about I, to say, super yeah. flaky. He's like that catch me if you can guy. Like he's a con artist. His his Wikipedia page says. It just says 40 occupations under the occupation slot. My job is having 40 jobs. Mike Rowe, nice to meet you. I, I mean, basically, that's kind of what he is. I mean, fine, good for him, but, like, what, why? No, 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 I'm, I'm happy for him. So the Ken doll is as old as both of our parents, fun fact. Good. Uh, Barbie and Ken would have their highs and lows over the following decades, but none can deny the fact that in 1992, what happened at Mattel's think tank was... Nothing short of extraordinary. Following a survey among girls, Mattel learned that Barbie's hunky 40-job boy toy was just not cool enough for little girls. What? 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 No, Nathan, Nathan, you grew up in the sweet 90s, the holy decade, people tell me. I did. I now, did. Now, now, while I know you were four in 1992, what do you think would make Ken cooler in the 90s? Cigarettes. <laughs> Did I miss? Did I miss by a generation or so? Because it feels <laughs> like cigarettes. Well, in 1992, Mattel launched Earring Magic Grunge. Ken. D- Grunge Ken. He's got a Nirvana shirt. He thinks that smiling is fucking lame. He has flannel and he has heroin. Welcome to Grunge Ken. He was one of six dolls in the Magic Earring lineup, but let's talk about the new Ken. Did Ken we cross his tips? tips? Yes. He had blonde highlights yes! uh, to update ah. his... Updating his traditionally brown hair, and his really? outfits were. I always pictured Ken as blonde. Well, no, no, he's always been, he's always been brown haired. Uh, his outfits were definitely new, featuring a lavender fishnet shirt with a matching lavender vest. <laughs> Wait a minute, he's he's the fucking guys from the Right Side Fred video. He's just the, the I'm too sexy guy. He had an earring in his left ear, and to keep oh. up with the magical theme, a silver charm necklace. So he's metrosexual, Ken. Even his vest had a silver charm sewn into the the lower right side of it. So cool guy, right? I I mean, I feel like he got the highlights. He's cool. I think he's cool. Now, now here's the thing. You say we're saying all this in jest. Look up 1990s pop videos. That version <laughs> of Ken is like one in every three extras on those videos. Like that, it was it was a bad time for fashion. We get it. There were Jinko jeans. It was a thing, and we had mesh tops. It, we we acknowledge our mistakes. We've moved on as a people. Right, right. So getting back to uh, uh, Britney Spears' music video extra, Ken. Yes. Uh, now, it, now that was that was late nineties. 
That was late 90s. This is more, Oh, was it? My this bad. is actually much more appropriately Aqua's Barbie Girl version, Ken, <laughs> but that's fine. You might also notice when I describe this Ken what everybody else noticed when it launched, which is that this Ken is obviously the gayest Ken ever released. This is definitely, definitely a Ken that likes to explore differing aspects of his sexuality, yes. First, it was the parents. And Mattel disagreed. Quote, he's not gay, he's just cool. Okay, I thought they were gonna go and say, he's not gay, he's a fucking doll. But no, no, they wanted to defend this on a more ideological level. Okay, good, good, good. Uh, Gay men disagreed next and, and bought the doll faster than you could keep it stocked. Mattel, wondering what happened, looked into the design team for Ken. They they also weren't aware that Ken was gay, arguing that they just took notes on guys that they saw at local clubs and hangout spots. Oh, it's even worse. Oh, it's just criminally unknowing. It's just guys that are showing up at gay clubs and they don't know they're at gay clubs. Turns oh, out on no. second thought, they didn't really realize they were uh, outfit scouting at gay bars. So... Remember the charm that I mentioned? The nice silver charm he wore on his neck? Well, I, I do. Please tell me it's a fuck me charm. Please tell me it's a fuck me dirty daddy charm. Well, it was actually Dan Savage in the Seattle paper, The Stranger, who made it very apparent that this was, in fact, not a charm, but a cock ring. See? Oh, good! Nathan, I, and, uh, and welcome to get, welcome to the podcast, Dan Savage. <laughs> See, Nathan, in a sentence I never thought I would say on this show, cock rings were all the rage in the gay community at the time. Now, I mean, in, when aren't cock rings all the rage in any community? In fact, they used them as a symbol, uh, whether by necklace or sewn into your vest, to indicate your sexual preferences. Because, turns out, Nathan, Ken is a bottom. Now, now, now I'm going to go ahead and say... Uh, is that confirmed by Dan Savage, or are we just extrapolating here? Because it feels like we're going off on, like, an Oprah's rainbow bracelet kind of level of just ridiculously incorrect oh, no. facts. Oh, no. That is that is, that is a fact about early 90s uh, uh, LGBT scenes. Okay, good, because I know nothing about it, so it could literally be true or not true. I feel like we're treading on dangerous ground right now. I'm just trying to keep us on the safe side. The article set the fire under their feet, and Mattel immediately discontinued Ken and pulled it from stores. So this doll was and is... The best-selling Ken doll ever released in its 56 years as a doll. And Mat- well, yeah, because it's the only Ken doll with a crossover audience of the entire gay community. On top of that, Mattel refuses to answer any press comments related to the doll whatsoever. Especially if you ask them for, like, say, how much money they made off of it or... Yeah... Yeah. Or why they're still selling it in, like, every <laughs> Toys R Us in San Francisco. Or... There's there's another story that that the idea came from a panel of five-year-old girls that Mattel's research department had worked with, and perhaps they were given options that included the outfits scouted by this R&D group. Now, while I'm not sure this one's true, it wouldn't surprise me that a five-year-old girl didn't know when she was crossing the line from her conce- her, her perception of a cool 90s guy into a ridiculously gay stereotype. Now, that being said, the 90s were nowhere near as cool about LGBT stuff as as we are now. And even now, we're not all that cool about it sometimes. No, I was about to say, let's not give ourselves credit. We're, we're still very much in the not cool, but we're trying to feel better about ourselves phase of that. I would argue we have, in fact, gotten better, but that's no reason to pat ourselves on the back. Anyway, that's about all well, I got yeah, to say I mean, about ridiculously gay Barbies. Ridi- no, no, no. That's all you have to say about ridiculously gay Ken. Fair. Ridiculously Fair. gay Barbie is still on the horizon, and that will be the moment of true equality. <laughs> 
Uh, I want to thank uh, Driftless Pony Club for allowing us to use their their banger, their Buffalo on the Ark, off the album Cholera. You can get it on Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube. You could buy it. God damn it, you could buy it. Um, you could buy it. You could purchase it with your money. I would like to encourage anybody to leave a review. Really helps us out. Uh, do that. Do that on iTunes. It's nice. You can find us on Spotify. Uh, even YouTube. We have a YouTube channel. Just look up Cock and Bull Podcast. Uh, in case, you know, your friend doesn't really understand how podcasts work, you can be like, hey, look at this. It's a YouTube video. You know this. You know this. And, and, and it's, by your, the, it's the stepping stone. And by your friend, we we do, of course, mean your parents, because yeah. this is something that you share around the family table uh, when you're like, hey, I learned a fun fact today. Let's listen to the fun 20-minute tale of Ridiculously Gay Ken. And, and if anything, I think we should start marketing ourselves. I'm going to remo- remove that explicit tag, and I'm going to try and replace it with iTunes version of, like, it's an F for family-friendly. That'll be nice. Oh, good. So basically, we'll be the uh, Hallmark movie channel of, of podcasts. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the direction okay. we should push ourselves in. Uh, you know, I think that's I think that's a wise market. I don't think it's been tapped at all by the Hallmark channel. I'm sure they don't have a series of podcasts. And if we just start naming them after uh, Christmas movies that we'll start releasing in July and and stop running approximately in April, uh, I think I think we're really onto something. All right. Well, Nathan, I'm glad we could work this out, uh, and I'm glad we know the future direction of this podcast. And uh, everybody, I guess we'll see you next week. We will. Uh, also, depending on when this comes out, Spencer, you may want to cut this. Uh, is this the one where we tell them that there will be a bonus episode this week? Yeah, so we do have a bonus coming on Friday. So we can, in fact, tell them, hey, keep your eyes peeled, motherfuckers. It's a coming. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're making it up to you. We got a bonus coming. Now, next week.